Welcome to The Unbridled Woman with your host, Deanne Rose. Dive deep into the essence of your feminine light. Harness the strength that lies within and rise beautifully into your authentic power. Now, here's Deanne. Hello, Unbridled Women. Welcome to our sacred circle today. I am just giddy with excitement about our show today. This is one of my most favorite subjects, and I love this woman who is my guest today. I am so looking forward to our conversation. As always, let's opening our circle up today with a prayer. Dear universe, I release freely what no longer serves me. I am embracing the unknown and welcoming change. I am expanding into my unlimited potential. I clear this space, this body, this mind of any intentions that are not aligned with my highest good. I fill my heart with love and light, and so it is. Now, inviting you all, if you can, to close your eyes, and we're going to take three big deep belly breaths, just to really get present in our time here together. So a big inhale through your nose and a slow exhale through your mouth, just noticing your body start to soften and relax. Taking a deep breath in, filling up your heart and your chest. Exhaling, just feeling a little bit more grounded to your chair or wherever you're sitting or laying down. And one more deep breath in. And hold that breath in for just a couple seconds and letting it all out slowly. <sighs> so before we officially open our circle here, I just wanted to give a shout out to our amazing sponsor, Native Path. They are an amazing company doing amazing things in this world. So please take advantage of their generous discount offer on their collagen. I am a very happy customer myself. It is out of this world. So as I said, I am excited and also honored. There's a beautiful woman in front of me today. I wish you all could see how beautiful she is. Um, is the beautiful Daphne Paris. Daphne leads people by igniting the fire within them. She has found great satisfaction in facilitating corporate and private workshops, as well as one-on-one -on -one coaching. She excels at holding space and guiding people deep into the wisdom of their bodies where she believes the magic happens. Daphne leads by example, often citing that she is both the teacher and the student, always on a mission to learn and expand more. She has learned how to go deeper within herself and in turn take others deeper using tools such as breathwork, meditation, and a variety of guided, guided practices. She is definitely passionate about helping people identify where trauma lives in the body and using gateways to clear and heal it. Her journey has led her to design and invent The Seeker, a sacred self-exploration and pleasure tool. And she's on a mission to remove the shame and guilt and normalize open conversation and communication around sexuality as well as inspire living in pleasure. And that is our topic today, women's sexuality and pleasure and just full expression. So welcome, my dear. I am, so just so our listeners know, just to plan for our circle today, we're going to uh, have Daphne share a little bit about her unbridled story. And then in the second half, 
um, this beautiful woman and I will will chat a little bit more about the importance of women connecting to and expressing through their sexuality and pleasure. So I always ask my guest, Stephanie, what does the word unbridled mean to you? Mm. Well, first, thank you so much for having me today. Uh, mm -hmm. It's really an honor and such a blessing to have you in my life. Unbridled to me really is about living in our authentic state, mm -hmm. not trapped or restricted in any way by social or cultural norms. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and it's so, gosh, I'm just kind of like reminiscing, like most of my life, I feel like I've lived in the box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's where most of us feel comfortable too. Like we've been so conditioned and trained that way that that's our normal state of being. And when we go against it, it's almost like, oh no, what am I doing? What am I doing something wrong? And yeah, um, it's been generations of that, right? Of that conditioning and those agreements that are unconscious. You know, we're signing up for these things without even knowing it. Yeah, that is so true. That's so true. So before we go off on a little tangent, which <laughs> <laughs> I want to come in back. And yeah, I would love for you to share with um, beautiful audience out there um, a story about your unbridled story. How, how, yeah, what's on your heart? What would you like these women to know about your journey and that might actually inspire and resonate with them? Absolutely. What What's the strongest unbridled story that I have was when I visited some pyramids in 2016. And I was with my husband at the time and my two young daughters. And the next day I thought I was dying and I didn't realize it. Now it's what I believe was the call of the goddess. And it shook up my entire life in pretty catastrophic ways. I got back from Mexico, cried for three weeks straight the kind of crying that was just constant, <laughs> it wasn't sobbing and I'm not a crier. So it was so bizarre. And I'm like, what is going on? And I had all these realizations about my marriage. My husband could not be uh, physically intimate with me or sexually intimate, not kiss me. Um, we would have sex maybe once or twice a year if I uh, could take advantage of him. And so all of these realizations came flooding in from where I had always made the agreement, I'll never put my kids through a divorce to, wow, if one of my girls comes to me and says, mom, I'm in a sexless, loveless marriage, what do I do? It's like, oh yeah, that's what I showed you. Mm -hmm. And the universe responded with all these different support people and teachings coming at me in these three weeks. And I learned to really take the guidance and it was this huge awakening for me and this huge realization, like, this is not the life I am meant to live. It was as if like the universe conspired with all of its energy to be like, stop on this path. There's a different path for you. And that was really the beginning of this awakened path that I've been living since 2016 was this catastrophic event. You know, what I thought was this horrific emotional breakdown is really what opened me up to all of the magic that I get to do in my life every day now. Mm, yeah. Just uh, the beginning of your hero's journey, mm -hmm, right? Just exactly. knock, a knockdown. So 
yeah, just being having those all of those emotions come up and yeah, it seems like it must have been pretty unsettling. It was unsettling. And, you know, my personality type is the controller or the commander. You know, I always had a plan and it was always everybody's following this plan. If the universe put up a roadblock, I'd be like, I'm going to bulldoze that right down. And during this time, I, something happened where I intuitively knew, no, I have to listen now. I have to take this guidance. And it was really beautiful how it all showed up for me. And I followed the signs. I no longer bulldozed through that one-way sign. <laughs> you know, I no longer said, I'm going the other way. I don't care what you say. And really like tapping into that divine wisdom within. So I'm so grateful that it happened. But when I was in it, and I mean, a lot of moments since, you know, when you choose that road that's less traveled, it's filled with discomfort others that are very uncomfortable with your choices as well. You know, it's, it's not the easy path, but it's the path of alignment. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the easy path isn't the path to growth and expansion. Um, it feels comfortable, but after a while, who wants to live in that? <laughs> you know, I would think, imagine it would get a little bit boring. And, and like you said, I mean, the body holds this stuff, the uh, holds that um, discomfort of knowing it's not being, it's not living an aligned life. You know, the soul gets to express through through the body that way. And I love how you you mentioned that the goddess awakened you because from what I'm hearing is a lot of your life just being a lot more in that masculine energy of pushing, pushing through. And then when she came to call. It was just like a force of, all right, I need to surrender and follow, like you said, follow the signs, follow my intuition um, and and having the courage to do that. Exactly. I just got the chills when you were saying that because it was, it was like the first goddess that came in was like the destroyer, right? The Kali. It was like, we're shaking this all up. But then I had the the holding and the allowing of the emotions and the tears and the people to show up. So it was like, I felt held the whole process and it was crazy. <laughs> I mean, yeah. everyone in my orbit was like, are you okay? Because I just, I literally cried you know, I'd be at school pickup and tears would be coming down my face. And I tell people, yeah, I just held them in for too long. And these women would hug me and say, I, I know that feeling. It was like everybody knew what I was going through and almost wanted to go through that too. Like, <laughs> wow, I, I, I want that because they saw that it was transforming me. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's, that is remarkable. I, so where, do you think it it was that that goddess energy that gave you that strength, that courage to kind of reclaim yourself through this? Hundred percent, hundred percent. And it was interesting because I had a friend gift me a session with an, an intuitive during that three week you know breakdown period, and the first thing she said on the phone was, "You need to harness your goddess energy." Mm. And I was like, "What does that mean?" <laughs> I mean, I had no idea what that meant. I'm Googling books on goddess energy, but absolutely. I was so in my masculine and 
it, it wasn't my fault. I mean, I had a husband that traveled for work five days a week. He wasn't present when he was home. I did all of the parenting, all the mothering, the diapers, the trash, the food. I mean, everything, which is all masculine. I didn't have a space to ever be held in mm. that feminine goddess energy. And it <sighs> completely cut me off from my essence. I mean, my sexuality, forget that. I mean, I had completely severed that connection, but even just the feminine essence. And when I started doing the work to heal and recalibrate and grow, the only time I could connect to any feminine energy was thinking of when I was breastfeeding my babies. I mean, it was like the only thing I could think of, like, where am I ever feminine or goddess? Like, oh yeah, when I'm holding my baby and nursing them, that was it (laughs) in my whole life. Those were the only places I could tap into, but I knew it was in there. Yeah. I think that is so, that's such helpful guidance for women who feel like they're always in their masculine because I resonate as well. And it's probably why we became friends and got into the same program that we were called was yeah, being in a partnership where I was also doing everything and lost my sexuality, my femininity, and yeah, wasn't even on the radar of like something that I was even needed to nourish. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I don't know even, I don't even know where it is. I don't have time to look for it. Um, exactly. But yeah, for you, just like, oh hey, where I know there's some femininity in me somewhere where just that little, little piece, okay, tapping into that, tapping a little bit, putting focus on, okay, how does this feel? How does it feel when I'm breastfeeding my babies? You know, like, what does my body feel like? What are those sensations that are coming up for me? And then being able to tap into that more and more outside of yourself. Yeah. And it was really beautiful for me because you know, I had stopped breastfeeding when, when this awakening happened, but I could remember those feelings and I still felt very strong and powerful. You know, I think some women are afraid of that feminine goddess energy because they're like, no, I want to be a badass. And it's like breastfeeding your baby. That's badass, but it's also really nurturing and feminine and gentle as well. So it was such a good image for me to hold on to because it was that strong, powerful goddess energy, not, you know, what we think of like frolicking through the fields, which is beautiful too, but you know, like it would have been a harder shift for me if that was the only vision I had. I would, I I don't think I could have imagined myself at that point in my life frolicking through fields. Now, now I could. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, it's almost here. It's finding that it's also finding another power within you that is a little bit more softer, a little bit more nurturing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, receiving. I love well, Yeah, let's speak about that because I think there is such a stereotypical feminine energy of, oh, you just, you sit around and you lay around and listen to nice soft music and dance and, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, you have a man take care of you or, you know, you just don't do anything and you're just being all the time. (laughs) Um, Yeah. What is, so I can see why one, it could be very difficult for a woman who is so much in a masculine to look at that and be like, hell no, like that doesn't even feel like anything remotely like I even want to do. So let me just stay where I'm comfortable. So yeah, let's where, how can we change this 
stereotypical. And, and maybe we could talk about those goddesses. You mentioned Callie, right? Like maybe mm-hmm. those archetypes coming in. Yeah, for, for me, I wasn't in the space to receive from a man because I didn't trust it. I didn't have a partner that I could receive from. Now that's very different for me. And the places I started to feel like a goddess was actually with my women friends, with my girlfriends and in circles and allowing someone to make me a cup of tea. Like, whoa, can a friend come over and wash my dishes or make me a cup of tea? And doing that for each other, especially, you know, when you're momming all day, like I would have a friend come over and be like, just sit down, sweetheart. Let me make you a cup of tea and clean up your kitchen for you. And we're like, no, 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 I got that. I got that. But we don't, we don't have to. And I I think it was so much of that um, receiving energy and the women that showed up for me, it was so beautiful. And I had some male friends that showed up for me and that wanted to help me with projects and accepting we don't have to do it all. And I mean, think about time, you know, previous time and how we lived in villages and the women cooked together and laundered clothes together and raised children together. You know, it was this communal thing and now we're so separated. So I I think that receiving piece is probably the most basic way to shift into more of that feminine goddess energy. And that's even... At the grocery store, someone offers you a cart, receiving it and saying thank you and doing it consciously instead of like going and getting a different one around them or letting someone hold the door for you. Thank you. Right. Yeah. Just, yeah. Start (laughs) opening, start opening doors to, to receiving really. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Cause you know, the the universe wants to give us things Absolutely. (laughs) and you know, it's really coming into my mind. It actually, it's a question. So I'm, I'm curious, as you were opening more to this receiving, receiving and bringing in more of the feminine energy, did you notice like more manifestation in your life? Of course. And, you know, I don't know how directly it was connected to my invitation of receiving or just really being more connected to the guidance. But it did, and it still feels, you know, whenever I'm totally aligned with my inner self, you know, my heart space, my body, my intuition, your soul, whatever word resonates for you, the guidance comes and I've learned to follow it, even if it's a silly Facebook ad or, you know, like different things pop up. Someone will reach out to you and say, oh, have you thought of this? Or let me invite you here. And you say yes when it feels aligned. And when I was living out of alignment, I didn't know what to say yes or no to. And that's probably why I was so exhausted all the time as I was saying yes to too many things. Like you lose that discernment when you're not connected. And so being more connected to myself and that feminine goddess energy has helped me so much with that discernment. And then in turn the manifestation and the energy because I'm not losing energy everywhere saying yes to everything or feeling more scattered. It's like, okay, can I trust myself? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love the word discernment. When you were speaking, I just had this flash. I was just watching something on Netflix the other day and a little pop-up thing said, you know, do you 
like, you know, would you, would you like more of this? Check yes, no, you know, yes, this is me. I love it. Or like, no, I hate it. And like, I think, I think the universe does that for us, right? Totally. <laughs> you know, when we, when we say yes to something, the universe is like, oh, would you like more of this? Okay, I'm going to give you more of this as, you know, as like, you you're clear on that. When you're not clear on your yeses and nos, we, the universe doesn't know what to give you. You know, so it's just like 100%. this crap shoes. Like, how's this? Does this work for you? And you're like, oh, that sucks. I don't want that. <laughs> well, and Deanne, how many times do we betray ourselves too by saying yes when it's really a no? Mm -hmm. Because we think we have to say yes. You know, whether that's staying at home and raising your kids or going to work and leaving your kids with someone, you know, like all of these cultural conditionings, they pollute our yeses and nos, and we, we're left really confused and depleted. Yeah. So I'm just, so yeah. So when, uh, I know I'm kind of answering my question that I'm thinking of uh, asking, but um, I know personally, I got more clear when I started getting more in touch with my own sexuality. <laughs> Exactly. And yeah, yeah. I started with some um, certifications in warrior goddess facilitation. And in a, the level two certification, we did a month on sexuality. And we talked about how the womb space is the source of creativity for women. And when we disconnect from that, you know, we're disconnecting our flow. And I was like, oh, wow. And it became my mission. I mean, I had completely severed myself from the waist down because I had so much um, hurt and sadness from being rejected by my husband that I just was like, fine, I'm not a sexual being. And I was really determined to reconnect to that. And I started like a sacred self-pleasure practice on Friday nights. It would be my Friday night date night. My kids would be, you know, we eventually separated. My kids would be with him. And I would go to Whole Foods and buy, you know, a steak and veggies and a sweet potato and watch a scary movie and then, you know, light candles or take a bath and like really consciously work on reconnecting to my sexuality and igniting it. And it was beautiful and amazing. And yeah, my clarity amplified, my essence amplified, my energy, mm -hmm. you know, my skin, you know. <laughs> everything starts falling into alignment. And it was, it was a really fun time too. Yeah. Yes. Is, um, Daphne and I met through uh, Layla Martin's sex, love and relationship coaching, which was the year long program for us. And yeah, that was a six month deep dive into our own personal, <laughs> personal shadows and traumas and, yeah, I I so that was for me the like a catalyst as well of wow, I I I have been disconnected from this really this potent part of me that has been asleep. Like there was no life force. Um mm -hmm. I remember one oh, being with one woman one time at some workshop and then, you know, similar to what you said she's like, "Okay, you know, connect to your womb and, and ask her what she needs. I'm like, how, how do I do that? <laughs> I, I don't even know, you know, what that actually means or how do I connect? And, um, 
but it, yeah. And talk about going out of comfort zone, right? I mean, so many, I mean, I, I wasn't taught that, you know, my self-pleasure was important <laughs> or, or, you know, not how to do it, but yeah. Like, what does it mean to do? Like, it, I remember, I don't know if you remember this, like it was in the program for me the first time really, I guess besides I ever, you know, learning how to put a tampon in, I never looked at my Volvo before, <laughs> you know, and now I get to, you know, one of the practices I remember was like, take a mirror and just stare at her. And I was like, wow, this is really uncomfortable. And I was like, why is it uncomfortable for me to look at my own body? You know, and then, uh, you know, talk about tears, like all oh, the sadness of like, oh my gosh. Like, you know, I was like in my late forties at this point going through this program. It's like, oh my God, all this time. And what have I taught my daughters, right? Have I, you know, done them a disservice as well? And so much guilt and shame were coming up around that. And when I was going through this transition in my life, and I mentioned these people showing up, I had one girlfriend that I confided in and she's like, oh yeah, like I follow Layla Martin on YouTube and I found one of her practices for a cervical orgasm had never tried it. And this was before I entered the program, but that's how I got connected to Layla. So I started following the cervical orgasm practice and I mastered it. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then um, I went on this ski trip by myself and there was a full length mirror on the closet. And I started to self-pleasure and look in the mirror. And I had had a lot of shame and guilt around my vulva. My sister had teased me when I was a little girl and I made peace with her and mm. I just studied her and touched her and it was like really beautiful. And a day or two later, I had this epic sexual experience with this man that is what led me to invent the seeker actually. <laughs> and, you know, I, I didn't connect the dots back then. It was like a year ago that I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, the first time I squirted was after I made peace with my pussy. Like, mm -hmm. how cool is that? And so really, and then obviously when I was in Layla's program, like I, we went so much deeper, but those were like the first um, inklings of her in my life. And that's why I said yes to the program because I, on my own, was even able to crack open so many of those layers and then obviously having all the support of her, the other coaches and each other was, was really amazing. Yeah. Yeah. What a blessing. What a blessing to have been part of that whole experience. Mm -hmm. um, so we're going to go into a, a short break. Um, and yeah, thank you, Daphne. It's a beautiful unbridled story that you've been sharing with us. And we've already kind of started getting a little bit into women's sexuality and pleasure. And so I'm looking forward to the, the second half where we'll dive a little bit more deeper into, um, yeah, female satisfaction. So I welcome our listeners to take a little break with us and then stay tuned. Thank you so much for listening. Appreciate you so, so much. Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. The mission at Native Path is to make it easier for people to get on the path toward better health 
and stay on that path. That's why their suite of nutrition products is made with the highest quality ingredients nature has to offer. One of their most popular products is their collagen peptides. Their collagen consists of only one ingredient and is always grass-fed and free from gluten, dairy, soy, and GMOs. Just the way nature intended. And it's amazing. They even have bone collagen and joint collagen products that are specifically formulated to attack problem areas. Brill oil, berber bean, turmeric, native greens, native mind, grain-free granola. The list of amazing products goes on and on. Native Path has an answer for all your needs. All their products are thoughtfully crafted to help you eat, move, and live in a way that supports a long, happy life. As a valued Deanne Rose listener, you can go to GetNativePathCollagen.com slash Deanne today for a special 45% off offer. Get on the path. Stay on the path. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's here at voiceamericaempowerment.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Welcome back to The Unbridled Woman with Deanne Rose. Have a question for Deanne or her guests? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Or email Deanne at theunbridledwomanrises at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, dear sisters, to The Unbridled Woman. I am Deanne Rose, and I'm here with my inspiring guest, Daphne Paris, who has been sharing her story on her reclamation of her sexual unbridled woman. Mm -hmm. Um, As the first half, if you have missed it, has just been a juicy talk about women's sexuality, the importance of us connecting back to our our pleasure, our self-pleasure, our bodies. And I want to go into the second half of really what this means for women, um, not only in the bedroom, but in life in general, and how connecting to your pleasure really affects your how, how you show up in your life, how you show up in your life, in your relationships, your business, of course, um, and how uh, when we can really claim our pleasure, how it also affects the uh, men in our life. Uh, so let us go deeper. <laughs> um Deeper and juicier. (laughs) Yes, yes. So um, 
All right. So your seeker. Yes. Your seeker for, um, let's, let's talk a little bit about what that helps women find. Yeah. Themselves. So I mentioned that I had this, you know, exceptional sexual experience after I had made, you know, peace with my pussy in the mirror. I was 40 and my lover got me to squirt for the first time. And I was like, oh my gosh, how did this happen? And how did I not know my body could do this? And he was like, yeah, I know your body better than you. And on one hand, I was like, cool. And the other hand, I'm like, well, that's messed up. Like, I don't want a man knowing my body better than me. So I came home from that trip and I started really talking to my friends, anyone that I could about, I was like a mad scientist about squirting and like, has this ever happened to you? And where in your anatomy does this take place? And it was like this big mystery. And as I started asking different people about sexuality, I was realizing how little we knew about our anatomy. Mm. And it was like, well, what spot did he hit? I'm like, I don't know. Let me get a diagram. And I'm like, there's an O spot and an A spot. And someone's like, I didn't even know where my G spot was. And I mean, we're 40 and 50 year old women, you know, that have been sexually active and had babies. And I'm like, this is like basic health ed kind of stuff that we Mm -hmm. should be learning. So I wanted to recreate what he had done at home. And I didn't have any toys that could reach the spot that he did. So I did, I I created, I'll show it to you. And and a lot of people get intimidated by it. They're like, what, why is that so big? Because it does, it looks kind of scary and big, but the, the way I designed it was that only one side at a time is inserted inside of you. And it's about exploring and kind of mapping the pleasure spots on your body. So many of us will have like a juicy experience with a lover where they graze an area, you know, with their hand or their, you know, penis or a toy. And it's like, oh, what, where was that? Well, I want women to be able to find that on their own. And so the, the one end is a little bit more curved and more shallow. And then the other end is less curved and goes deeper. And the design is to allow very little pressure here on the outside to push more pressure on the inside. Because as you know, when we were in our program, you know, people were getting carpal tunnel from (laughs) from all the self-pleasure that they were doing. So I wanted something that was ergonomically designed to take the pressure off ourselves so we could really focus on the body. And I created like a PDF of the anatomy of a woman and showed my kids. And, you know, I, everyone should know the inner workings of their body and, and own that space. Mm -hmm. So that was really, you know, for me, it was like educational. I mean, of course it's sexual as well, but it's like really kind of reclaiming our own power to ourselves and knowing our body first and foremost, before or independent of a lover. Yeah. Yeah. I so love that. And um, for our listeners, so the, the seeker is, it's about like, it looks like an S shape. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no, mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to see with my background, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, it's, it looks like an S, but there is a little different curve on each, on each of the curves um, for, like you said, for, for a, a, a different kind of penetration. And um, yeah, it's so nice to, because of the size that you can use that and not that use the the wand for the pressure and not your hand and your wrists um and and i i love that 
you know, that lover had said, well, I know your body <laughs> better than you do. And yeah. I, when I first got with my current partner now, um, we've been together since after my divorce. So I, when I came out of my divorce, like I said, I was not really connected to my sexuality at all. And, and um, my current partner asked, asked me what I liked. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, well, what, I'm like, what do you do? <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm sure I'll like it because I don't know what I like, you know? Um, and you know what? I probably won't tell you that I don't like it because I really haven't found my voice yet. So it doesn't really matter. But, um, but it did matter. Cause that was like the first, like, wow, someone actually asked me what I like. However, I didn't have an answer. And mm-hmm. so that's why it's so important for women to understand their anatomy, understand their pleasure points, so you can communicate this to your to your partners, because you know they want to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they want to know too. I think it's very empowering for women to say, "I don't like this, but I like this." And I would assume the you know we're talking heterosexual here, but you know the man would be like, "Oh, thank goodness <laughs> you told me, so I don't have to play." You know you know, guess, guess this. And, you know, it won't, it takes a lot of pressure off the partner. It takes pressure off. And it's also like a turn on, like mm. every man that I know wants to know the inner workings of a woman wants to please her, wants to give to her, you know, it's like this, yeah, I'm here for you. And when we give them that feedback, that it, it's exciting. You know, they're like, awesome. I know what to do. Like they're here to please us anyway. So we might as well tell them what we want to give them the map to our bodies to please us the best way in the way that we want to be touched or handled or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if they don't ask, you shouldn't be with them because <laughs> they don't give a shit about your pleasure. It's more about them. So it's kind of, a that's just like, that's a red flag. Like, oh, okay. Maybe I shouldn't share my, my temple body with this person because it, they're not in my best interest of my best. Interest. And I think if they don't ask, you can still try to tell them and maybe they're just too shy to ask also, you mm-hmm. know, but if then, if they say no or don't, after you ask them, that's a different scenario too. But you know, like maybe they, a lot of men have a lot of sexual shame and trauma too. You know, the world has not been kind to them around education and what women want either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of men have been shamed as well. Um, so yeah, it's men and women. We have a lot of sexual wounds. Definitely, we sure do. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So how can how can pleasure help us heal those wounds? You know, I think it begins even before pleasure and it starts with reconnection, Mm. you know, even just using your breath to start reconnecting to your womb space, just bringing your awareness there. Some women have had so much trauma, they're not ready to go straight to pleasure, but bringing that awareness, opening up those channels, you know, even breast massage, you know, it's Mm. sensual, not necessarily sexual. They're like stepping stones and working your way up to being able to touch yourself or look in the mirror, you know, for those listening that that's like, whoa, I can't do that. Like you can get there. It might be baby steps, but you can get there. And when you lean into those places, the magic that happens, it's like unlocks pleasure for you and your body, even 
using just your breath. I did a breathwork exercise at a recent workshop that I facilitated. And this woman raised her hand and said, oh my gosh, I got so turned on just bringing my breath down there. I felt like I had to shut it down. And I was like, what would happen if we all walked around just a little bit more turned on everywhere we went? Like, how cool would that be? And she was like, oh, damn. But it's like, we're conditioned to think like being turned on is something, there's something wrong with that. And this, you know, sexual energy we have, it's like this God-given, source-given fuel for us. It's like our flame and it's there with us 24-7 and it's free and we can access it, you know? So why don't we tap into it more? And when we tap into that, that fuels everything in our life. And the the pleasure component, it's the most beautiful exchange we can have with ourselves or with a partner. Yeah, yeah. And it's... And it doesn't need to always be in the bedroom, you know, bringing pleasure into our daily life of, you know, seeing beauty as you're going for a walk and that brings pleasure. And um, yeah, being, you know, I think, you know, Layla talks about this and also like Mama Gina is just living life turned on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't mean you're walking through life on the verge of an orgasm all the time. Mm-hmm. You just you just like you said you you are feeling this vital force life force energy within your body at mm-hmm. all times that's 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 that sexual energy and our our bodies especially women's bodies i mean right that our clitoris is just there for pleasure mm-hmm. that's its only purpose mm-hmm. um and it's more than just that little little bump we see it's actually a pretty so much more big, <laughs> right it's I, actually i usually have one on my desk but it's not here but um yeah so i love how yours are so passionate about bringing education to anatomy as well mm-hmm. because you know for men for boys and girls um to understand um and yeah i mean I mean, I'm under the belief that women's pleasure has been shut down because, you know, men, the pay, I don't want to say men, but the patriarchy mm-hmm. was afraid of it. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was too powerful. Mm-hmm. So that's why, you know, we don't get taught about where our pleasure points are or the um, that where it's okay, the freedom to walk around in a state of turn on and ecstasy all the time, because there's, there's power in that. A hundred percent. And when I think of being turned on, another word that comes to me is activated, Uh, you know, like we, we are a hundred percent activated in who we are. And I like how you clarified patriarchy versus just men, because there are women in this construct of patriarchy, patriarchy that feel threatened by activated and turned on women. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's this conditioning and these stories. And it, I've stepped out into some really big spaces talking about sexuality and pleasure and overall been really well received. But there's been some some haters and it's always kind of fascinating to me um, when they're women. And it's like, ooh, yeah, I used to be like you too. I was really shut down and really disconnected. And I would have really been threatened by me also. And right. I hold the mm-hmm. space for them to be able to heal 
and to rise up and to do some of that healing work because I was so shut down and disconnected, Deanne, that I and, and stuck in that masculine that I did judge other women and I was really threatened by it. And, you know, I know better now. And that's kind of how this work goes. Once, you know, you don't know what you don't know, but holding the space for those women who are coming a little bit behind us and, and pulling them up with us when we can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely one, definitely a mission that I feel is part of my, my work is to, it's, uh, and that's part of one of the, you know, part of this podcast, it's the remembering, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, I, d I used to too, I was like, you see a woman come in, whether I don't, wherever I was and, you know, I'm like, oh, look at her. She's so flamboyant. And, you know, she's just asking for attention and, you know, what's up with her? And, you know, she thinks she's just the cat's meow. And uh, yeah. it's like, hell yeah. <laughs> and now you're like, hey, I'm Deanne. What's your name? <laughs> right. Yeah. I am the cat's meow. <laughs> um, let, you know, let's go have fun. Um, but yeah, it's, but you're right. It's because so I, I really want women to see that what, if you do notice yourself doing this with other women, to just kind of take a step back and, you know, no judgment between the woman or yourself, but like, what is about this person that is triggering me right now? Is it because I sense she's too free? Mm -hmm. Okay. So maybe where in my life am I not allowing myself freedom? Exactly. You know, where do I feel stuck? And so we're all mirrors to each other. Um, and we offer each other just, you know, different infinite possibilities of who we can become. Yeah. And I also, you know, I want to touch on the shame and guilt around women's pleasure. So mm -hmm. much, so much ancestral, generational, cultural shame and guilt and really normalizing that women should be allowed to have pleasure and embrace that. And that starts within us, but it's also how you talk to even your kids, your partners. You know, my, I have two teenage daughters. They're younger than yours, but you know, I've normalized it in our house and their friends ask me all the time, sex questions, pleasure questions. And I, wouldn't have been comfortable talking about it until I got really comfortable in my own skin with it. Mm -hmm. And so, so many moms will come to me and say, I, I don't know how you talk to these teens about it. And I was like, yeah, I had to do the work on myself first. And I always come back to like, that's all we can do is the work on ourselves. We, we can't change anybody else around us, but as we do the work on ourselves, other people shift, you know, we change the dance when we change our steps and it, normalizing sexuality and pleasure. And, you know, even my partner now, he was like, I've never known anyone like talk to their kids so openly about sex. And I'm like, well, yeah, like, how do you feel about that? And he's like, well, right. Like, why do we talk to our kids about everything else but sex? And especially when sex is such a big part of our existence. And I'm like, right. <laughs> like, just because mm -hmm. you're uncomfortable because your parents didn't like, I would have loved to been able to ask my mom questions or come to her and, and have open, honest conversations. So it's, it's really been beautiful to create those ripples and, and have it be different for future generations, at least in my home. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely, I celebrate that because you're right. I mean, 
everything else is talked about, but something that's also part of life gets shunned away. And, you know, and then children get a certain, oh, is it bad to talk about this? Is that something bad about myself? Seriously. You know, and, and, and that's not true. And, and when it's done in a healthy way, I mean, you know, I think people have this, you know, judgment towards sexuality because they see the the dark side of it in society. But that's because those people doing this dark stuff have have been suppressed. Mm-hmm. You know, and okay. this is it's it has to come out, right? We, you know, we, we as we push Some things down, or <laughs> it, it, it's gonna it either it it's gonna come out sideways if it gets pushed down too much, right? And let's let's hold a safe container for it to be addressed in a healthy way so it doesn't come out in that unhealthy way that hurts other people as well as that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you were saying that, I was visualizing like trying to hold a beach ball underwater, right? And like yes. trying to suppress it and hold it. And eventually it's going to fly one direction or another, hit someone in their face or whatever. And um, when we normalize the talk to, I feel like it really is healing and Across the board, it's been proven the more education people have, the better choices they make. So some people are like, well, if you talk to your kids about sex, they're going to go have sex. I'm like, well, kids are going to have sex whether we talk about it or not. So I'd rather help Mm -hmm. them navigate safer sex, you know, whether that's emotionally or physically, let's support them. We've had experiences that we can help guide them on. And even with grown women, you know, I I facilitate a divorce women's group. And since we've started, we have three people now dating and they're navigating sex again. You remember what that was like right out of a marriage. Mm -hmm. It's scary, you know, and to be able to like have a safe space to ask questions and process and talk about it it's a huge part of what they're going through and it should be normal. Like it's yeah. Once it becomes normal, it's really easy to see how weird it is that it wasn't normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause, and that's the thing. I think sometimes when something's not talked about, it gets talked about more. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, if it was just a natural thing. We wouldn't be putting so much energy and focus. It would just, it's just a natural part of life. It's like, you know, eating or breathing. It's just it's like going topless in Europe. Going topless in Europe is so normal. No one looks at the boobs. Everybody's just topless on the beaches. Here, mm-hmm. if someone goes topless, it's like, oh my gosh, look at that topless woman. <laughs> you know, look at her boobs. It's like some places it's just normal. No one even notices it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Um, there, yeah, there's so much, so much we can keep going into. Um, so, oh, what you said about emotion, I think that's really important to address because, you know, when you first said emotion, I'm like, oh yeah, you know, women, that's, you know, you need to, that is a big thing. I think, you know, women get a lot of it, you know, when we have, um, <clears throat> sexual union, we tend to get very attached, <laughs> um, but also men as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's emotions. Certain men are very attached in an emotion. And um, when when sex is, well, is either not, is not consensual or there's, there's um, discord in it, it affects both parties emotionally that mm-hmm. can, can go actually much more deeper than a physical wound. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, this is also part of that education piece. I, most people I know have had sexual experiences where they get caught up in it and it's not fulfilling. You know, it's like, oh, if I could do that again, I wouldn't have done it. And then we have that shame and that Mm. guilt and that yuckiness, like, oh, I can't believe I did it. And, you know, processing through it. And I'll tell you, a lot of times people have those experiences because they're horny and they're not practicing self-pleasure. It's like all of a sudden someone touches them and it's like, oh my God, I want more of that because they're so starved of it in their life. And again, that brings us back to like, honoring your own body first and foremost. And when you're really connected to that space, your temple becomes so much more sacred and you don't want the scraps and the crumbs that, you know, a casual hookup would, would give you and no judgment against that. You know, there's a time and place for that, but it's then when you feel the ickiness afterwards that it can be so damaging and so hard to get over and you don't want to talk about it because you feel bad and you feel gross. So I think Mm -hmm. it, it really comes back to, again, being connected to yourself first and foremost for men and women. Love it. And I think we're going to actually pause there at the end of this circle together. We just have a couple more minutes and I want to make sure that people get uh, information on how to connect with you, maybe where to get the seeker if they're interested in learning more. Perfect. Thank you. You can find me on Facebook or LinkedIn under my name, Daphne Paris. And my website is sacredseeker.com. It has all my offerings. And under sacred sexuality, you can find the seeker and orgasmic socks, which are always fun to wear because women are scientifically proven to be more orgasmic when they're wearing socks. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta warm up the tootsies. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Mm. Well, thank you, dear friend. I'm I'm definitely, we need to come back on because there's so much more we can go into that is of so much importance and interest to women out there. So thank you for being here with me today. Um, Next week is Thanksgiving, dear ones. So we will have an encore of my personal unbridled journey episode. And the following week, I would love you for joining me with my guest, Dagmar Khan. She's an expert in pelvic, uh, women's pelvic floor health and wellness. So really coincides a lot with what we've been talking about here. So um, as we close today, I just want to wish everyone a peaceful Thanksgiving filled with all that brings you love and joy. And I am so grateful for this opportunity to share life with you. And may you all be showered with many blessings as well as you, my dear Daphne. Much love to you. Thank you so much. Thank you for the amazing work you're doing in the world. Yes, thank you. All right, we'll talk to you all next week. Thank you for joining us on The Unbridled Woman with Deanne Rose. May today's episode infuse your spirit with the blessings of empowerment and the warmth of love. As you venture into the week ahead, embrace the divine feminine within and remember that you hold the power to transform your life. Until we meet again.